welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. Hey, so glad to have you here with me today. I want to talk to you guys about breaking up. So breaking up is the worst. Uh, I want to give you some practical tips on how to go through that. Uh, I want to normalize some things for you. And then I'm going to share some stories uh, from uh, people that have been through breakups and just let you kind of decide inside uh, where, where you land in terms of normal. I think one of the hardest things about relationships is feeling like we're outside of the norm. And we hear stories about people and how they handle things and situations. And so then we put together for ourselves where we land based on the stories that we hear. And sometimes we land within normal and sometimes we don't. I I really feel like you age into learning how to do a better way of communicating. And therefore you age into a better way of breaking up. So without further ado, this is The Breakup Files with Lonnie Harmon, the dating counselor. Thanks for being here. Breaking up is hard to do. Why is it hard to do? I think because the beginning part of a relationship is so time consuming and it takes a long time to kind of get that momentum going and building. So once you work through those initial stages of getting to know someone and figuring out if you're a good fit and then maybe deciding that you aren't, it's, it's like, oh man, I have to go back and I have to do that first part again. And that first part takes a while and it's painful and there's a lot of unknowns and the relationship is the known. This is what I know. So sometimes that's why we grapple so much about like, can we fix it? Can we fix it? And first thing I want to note is that, yeah, most of the time you probably could fix it, but are you able to fix it with the information that you have at the time? Are you able to fix it together? Is there a way that you're communicating or maybe geographically where you're living or situations that you have in which your goals are going in, in different directions? Is it, is it realistic to fix it? Um, and then on top of that is the right time. Timing is a really big part of a relationship. And I feel like for men, I noticed that they they will work on a relationship and they'll move forward and try to um, get things to work if they feel like it's the right time for them as well as that the relationship is, is, is moving forward. And women, it's not, it's not always about time. It's more about like, can we make it work? If we can, then let's do, uh, they are more willing to adjust their, their time continuum and include somebody into it. I'm not saying adjust their goals. I'm just saying adjust their, timing. Like I didn't want to get married till this time. Well, I might adjust that because I met you and I want to be with you and men are not the same. And you can challenge me on that if you want, but I believe that to be true. I've seen that in the human behavior that uh, I have worked with. And I, I feel like the timing issue is a big part of why people break up. So one of the things that happens with a breakup is you start going through the stages of grief. The stages of grief were identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She was a doctor and she studied hospice patients. 
And one of the things that she learned is that they're not necessarily exactly in this order, but you do go through them. So you can go through them really quickly in a, in a small way. So let's say, for example, I'm going to go through the stages of grief with you because I am really excited to go to my favorite restaurant and I pull up and I realize that they have maxed their seating and I cannot get in for another couple of hours, which means I am not going to be able to go tonight unless I want to wait longer to eat and I don't, blah, blah, blah. So my first step is going to be shock. No, no, no. Surely that's wrong. That's not right. Then I'm going to be feeling a little bit like in that denial. Oh man, this hurts my feelings. Like this is, this is hard. And no, I don't want this to be true. And then I might get a little bit angry. Like, gosh, why don't, why don't they finally build that back end of the restaurant out so that I can go sit there? Then I might bargain and be like, well, I mean, maybe if I just waited for 45 minutes, that would be okay. Is there any way I could just wait for 45 minutes? Then depression. Now I'm just really sad. I'm sad I'm not going to get the thing that I wanted at my favorite restaurant. And then acceptance, like, okay, fine. I can eat there another time. Maybe I need to make a reservation. So I'm going to be going through all of those emotions through this decision or this experience of wanting to go to dinner and realizing that I can't, right? That happens to us all the time, kind of every day. That's that human experience that we go through. So when it comes to a breakup, one or both of us are going to come to the decision that a breakup needs to happen. And you start going through those stages at some point as you're coming to the realization. So that's why oftentimes people will say, I felt so blindsided because they may, one partner might behave in a certain way that does not give any clues or indication that they're going through this emotional process of potentially letting go of their relationship. And that's often because the relationship experience is being experienced in your head and the experiences that you're having in your head are leading you to believe that the relationship is not going to work. We're looking for a partner who is compatible with us and that our lifestyles will mesh together. And when it's been revealed to us that we don't think that we are meshing together, we start pulling back or kind of saying like, oh, that's not a good fit or that's not a good fit. Now, this is natural. Again, this is normal to kind of go through that analysis in our head. But the problem is that if we're going through all this analysis in our head, then is there any potential for your partner to resolve that concern? So let's say, for example, that you have a person that you're interested in and they really like to go play golf on the weekends and they spend time playing golf uh, every Saturday morning. And in your mind, you imagine that on Saturday mornings, you're going to be watching cartoons. And so because they go play golf every morning and they have every morning for the six or Saturday morning for the six months you've together, you've been together, they've played, you've decided that they're never going to give up golf on Saturday mornings and you're never going to get your dream of Saturday morning cartoons. And so you either decide you're never going to have that or you break up with them. Obviously, these are a little bit cheesy analogies, but just roll with me, okay? So the hopeful thing that you would do would be to say to your partner, I am imagining that you're going to spend every Saturday for the rest of your life playing golf. And I just really imagine that there'd be some Saturdays that I would be watching Saturday morning cartoons with my partner. And that's when they have an opportunity to go, oh, yeah, no, this is just going to be temporary or, oh, I didn't realize that was affecting you that much. Could we make a compromise? Because if a compromise is present, maybe that's what you want. You don't deduce 
someone's behavior and actions on a specific little window of time as being their behavior and actions for a lifetime. People change on a time continuum. Now that can either give you pause and scare you to death, or you can find relief. When you're having a relationship with someone in your head, that is problematic because then suddenly people say the words, I felt blindsided. I didn't know that you were having any problems, issues, concerns. And that's often because we don't know how to bring it up. How do you say to someone like, oh, this is really bothering me or, oh, this is something that I'm struggling with? Well, that's what you do. You say, hey, let's check in. How do you feel like things are going? Anything that we need to talk about, anything that we could do to enhance our relationship. And you have some things and they have some things. And we don't put on this facade that everything's okay all the time and then cry in the corner or cry to a parent, a family member, um, a best friend, someone that gets to hear the real you and we save that from our partner. Our partner needs to know how to be with us in times of happiness and times of distress. Sometimes they'll say, oh, I just love being with you because you're so happy. And in turn, you'll hear, oh, I guess I need to be happy all the time so that they'll want to be with me. That's completely unrealistic, right? It's not an expectation that you should put on anybody. So when you're thinking that you need to be happy all the time, that's your own imposed perception of what they're saying. What they could say is, I like you seeing the sunny side of things, which is a pretty natural personality characteristic for happy people. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get mad and they're going to say, hey, that feels really good too, because that makes you human. It makes you normal. It makes you more approachable. People connect when they can see your humanity. And when they know that you are going to be able to show up and be there for them through good times and bad, and you can show yourself to them and they can show themselves to you, that's where you're going to truly feel connected and loved because at your, at your core self, they see you and they love you and they want to be with you. And that feels amazing. When we miss out on that vulnerability and we disconnect and kind of have that relationship in our head, then we, we just miss the boat. We miss the boat. And that's often where a lot of relationships get off track. So I'm going to circle back. We're going to talk a little bit about tips. Getting through a breakup is rough. And what are you going to do? What are some things? What are some guidelines, some things that you should think about? Well, like I mentioned before, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to wallow. You're allowed to wear your sweats and say like, no, I'm not going to do anything for a little while. I think that that's completely appropriate. And if it doesn't feel like that's where you're at, just use the corresponding face with the corresponding emotion. If I feel happy, I'm going to be happy. If I feel sad, I'm going to be sad. And you can allow yourself to be sad. But if you're not sad because you're like, hey, we tried really hard. We both agreed that we're not a good fit for each other. Then sometimes you're not going to feel super sad other than just sad that you have to start over. It's this grief. It's called the grief of the loss of the ideal. I wanted to this to work out and now I feel sad that it's not. And so I feel grief about the loss of my ideal. So you're wanting to allow yourself that time to wallow. And sometimes that means you're going to have to actively distract yourself. You're going to have to put your brain in a place that's not thinking about their relationship break off and thinking about all the overwhelming things that might be lying ahead. So filling yourself up with things to do or space to be is okay. It's just not that we're doing that all the time. The emotion needs to come in. So there's a balance of creating space where you're take, you know, distracting yourself and there's space where you're allowed to be sad, you know, 
this uh, experience isn't always going to be this way. It feels really big. It feels really big in the moment. And you want to validate that for yourself and other people. Hopefully will do that for you. But just know this is this is just like emotion is, is. You have it with you and it's close to you now. But eventually it's going to be moving farther away. If you need people to communicate for you that you've broken up, I think just give a couple of people permission to do that. So that there's a little bit of a buffer when you're walking in and you're not getting assaulted with all the people asking you, did you break up? Tell me all the details. And then you can just kind of move and transition. People always ask me, how long, how long should you wait until you date somebody? And I think that depends on how long you were together and how serious it was. And obviously, if you're, if you were married, then the divorce final before you're going to be dating anybody and looking for somebody else. People tend to do an impulsive reaction and just jump right back on an online profile and start swiping. I don't really believe that you're going to make an authentic connection with someone when you're just trying to do a place filler or to be with someone who is completely opposite of the person you just broke up with, right? That's kind of a reactionary relationship rather than a proactive relationship. I want you to ask yourself, who would be a good fit for me? Who would I be a good fit for? What do I need? What would, what kind of, you know, balanced couple do I want to have? What kind of couple do I want to be? And how can I help um, create that? And where would I meet somebody that would be like that? Uh, you might have to write yourself a letter in your phone or somewhere else of the reasons that you broke up. And it's something that you're going to pull up every time you want to search their social media account or drive past their house, or whatever it might be, um, we usually go back and kind of reflect on those things because we need a little bit of a dopamine hit. It feels better to feel that love and connection. So if you can move away from that and remind yourself like, okay, this is why we decided not to be together, then it will really help you to stay grounded and focused. Timing is one of those things that sometimes you might just need to put on a post-it note anywhere you go. And just remember, it's about timing and I can't control that, right? The opportunity that you have to be with someone else will take shape and it will happen for you. It's just that it's not happening right now. And so it's really tricky to, to do that. So a couple of tips there for you. I'm not going to give you everything because I think that it it's very case specific, but those are some really big general tips for you. Now I want to uh, have you guys listen to a couple of different people and their dating breakup stories. You'll notice that uh, one is early on, like an early relationship being young. One is high school age, and then one is college age. And hopefully you can kind of see the progression and the difference in, in how you break up based on how your brain grows and develops. So that if you're ever looking back on your breakups, and you can be like, oh, I shouldn't judge myself so harshly, harshly, because I was dealing with this brain at that time. And now that I have more information, I would do it differently, right? So listen to these breakups and then I'm going to come back and tell you how to start it and what you're looking for. So my very first kind of, I guess, kind of boyfriend, I was very young. I was 14 or 15 and I, I felt like I was, a very, um, like I was not doing the right thing because I shouldn't have been dating yet, but I didn't dare like tell anybody. <laughs> anyway, so that wasn't a good way to start it off because then I just felt like I was 
doing something wrong and we were very far from doing anything wrong really but I decided that the best way to to get not get I don't know get out of it I guess is the best way to describe it even though I still I still liked him but um I knew another girl in the neighborhood liked him so I said you know, if you like him, you why don't you go ahead and maybe you could <laughs> date him or something. Like, it's okay if you let him know that because then I thought maybe it would just be easier if he liked her and we could just, so I didn't have to use words, I guess. <laughs> and so, of course, it hurt his feelings. And, of course, I didn't know what to do, but we never actually talked about it. It was all just very weird but we had the same friend group and so it was mostly just weird for a while and I still don't think we've ever talked about it we just kind of eventually moved on to be just friends and hanging out so don't do that folks it doesn't work um, I dated a kid or I, I, it was a, it was a guy <laughs> it wasn't a kid uh, I dated a guy in high school for like two years and I was devastated when we broke up it was it was really really bad um and, and I really quickly rebounded and of course it was the first time I'd ever done that and I had no idea that it was a rebound I genuinely thought I really really liked this guy but I was like he's so sweet anyway we dated for a couple of months maybe but when we broke up he I, I broke up with him he called me and was playing What Hurts the Most by Rascal Flatts in the background and was saying, this is our song. This reminds me of you. And it was like, what hurts the most is being so close and watching you walk away. And I was like, we dated for maybe 45 days, sir. And that is my breakup story. Okay, my first... Uh, boyfriend ever was in college. I It took me a while to fall for the kid, but then I fell hard. He was the bee's knees. I was gonna, he, I molded myself around what he would like, music, all the things. He was just the end all be all. And I just thought for sure we were going to get married. And then we broke up for the summer so that I could date other people. He said he went away to do some theater and, but yeah, we still were together all summer um, without the label of dating. But then we got back to school and I thought for sure we would just pick up where we left off and then get married. And he told me that he prayed and it wasn't right. And he broke my little heart into a million pieces. And then we had to take, then I had to have a whole semester of classes with him because we took all the classes together. And I still was with him 24 seven and it was the worst thing I possibly could have done because I lived in denial. But I competed with him in all those classes, and I got excellent grades because I wanted to get better grades than him. But then it took me five and a half years to get over him, and that was a long time. But I'm happily married now, so that's good. <laughs> the best way to start a breakup is to be in person with that with that person, not necessarily starting it over a text or letting it deteriorate because things are getting misinterpreted that way. If it's not possible to be face to face, see if you can make arrangements to, but don't drag it out into infinity as you're trying to do 
that arrangement to be face-to-face. -face. Sometimes a video call these days qualifies as face-to-face. -face. It's what we can get during times of a pandemic. So getting face-to-face -face and asking each other to check in. So how do you feel like things are going? What do you feel like we're doing well? What do you feel like we're not? It's like a little bit of an inventory of what's going well and what's not. And just see if you can find some common ground about what things are going well and what things are not. And inside of the things that are not going well, then it's, you know, are we going to fix these? Are we not? Like, have we worked on this enough? Have we given enough time? And if that's not the case, then say, well, then I just want to let you go. I wish you the best and I want you to find someone that's a better fit for you. And I want to find someone that's a better fit for me. And be really clear that this is a breakup. This is means that we're not going to be seeing each other anymore. And if we do run into each other, that we can be cordial, but I'm not going to try to be friends with you. We're not going to be hanging out in the same social circle or groups of friends, even if we have same common friends for a period of time while we both mourn and grieve over the fact that this relationship didn't work out and we need to move forward. And there are exceptions to this. Okay. So like I'm saying, the ideal is that you're going to be able to get, and you're going to talk to them in person, find some common ground and figure out that you both agree that you shouldn't be together. The exceptions to this would be if you find that there's a situation where it is not safe and this person is manipulative and unkind and trying to berate or belittle you into feeling like you should stay with them and you feel like you can't get your words in because they're twisted, etc. So the breakup just never quite happens. In situations like that, I feel like do it on a text, do it on a phone. Maybe you don't need to do it at all. Maybe you ghost, but you need to get out. You need to get out of that relationship. You need to seek professional help from someone who can help you to understand what you know manip manipulation looks like, gaslighting looks like, and how to kind of take control and find your voice again and not be with somebody who is like that. The... Oh, I think I've shared a couple of breakup stories on here before, but we're going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you my best and my worst. So my best, at my best, my best breakup, quote unquote, so to speak, was a relationship that I had with a man who was just super kind and super nice. And we tried each other on for a fit, like really genuinely, really tried to integrate into each other's lives meet each other's families and, you know, be with each other after work cooking dinner together, doing grocery shopping, like doing life together. And we just kind of kept missing. Like we just weren't enjoying our time together. Like living life together just wasn't cohesive and fun. And that led into the date nights weren't fun either. So eventually we both just looked at each other and said, you know, I think we'd be happier with other people. We don't have that much compatibility in terms of things that we're talking about, we're interested in doing, um, our goals, our life pursuits, the way that we see things. They just they're okay, but they're not, they're not quite where we want them to be. And because they're not quite where we want them to be, we just don't feel happy. And the romantic connection is actually diminishing versus growing. So we let each other go. And I think that felt really, really good. My worst breakup would be, oh man, this is right after my, my mission. I served a mission and, um, I got, engaged to a man after my mission. I'd been home three or four months and we got engaged after dating about two months. And then I just had said, Hey, you know, hold on. I don't know that I want to move forward anymore. And it was very blindsiding to him. And in hindsight, I do feel like I was trying to share and tell him, but I don't think he wanted to hear. 
and I should have spoken louder. I should have said other things, but these are, you know, this is an example of me not knowing, like thinking I'm talking and, and not being used to what happens when, when you're misunderstood. So what ended up happening was, you know, I gave the ring back and we took some space and when we took that space, we just, you know, I just decided like, I would like to still date you, but I don't know that I want to be engaged to you. And that didn't feel good for him. And so we broke it off and it was really painful. And I think the thing that was hard for me was that I wasn't sure how I got myself into that situation. And I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be able to prevent it again, unless I just didn't date at all because I just didn't understand myself and communication well enough to know that. And I was, you know, an adult ish. I mean, for Utah standards, 23, I'm very much an adult, right? The term adult in Utah is really fluid. I mean, 18 or older, but I think that, um, unfortunately they often consider an adult, someone who is married versus an adult being a certain age or a certain level of maturity. And I don't think that's accurate at all. Nevertheless, that's sometimes how it look, it's looked out here in our culture. So me being 23, I just beat myself up over it. And I thought I was just going to be an old maid. And I really kind of just didn't date. I mean, very casually didn't open my heart up for years. And it took me quite a long time to forgive myself for what I didn't know and for how I handled things in not knowing. So I would encourage you to think about that as you're looking again at at relationships that maybe you didn't handle the best and just give yourself some grace because if you don't, then they do stand in the way of you feeling like you can open your heart to someone else. And if that's the case for you, talk to somebody, reach out, like maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a counselor, uh, maybe it's just, you know, taking a class or reading a book. It can be, you know, a lot of different things and have a lot of different meanings for how to, how to manage and how to work through that. But I think a lot of it is just acknowledging your weaknesses and giving yourself grace and then trying to do better next time. What else can we expect? Right? Thanks so much for joining me with the breakup episode. I hope that this helps you. I hope that you find the love that you're so deserving of, but more importantly, I hope you know that you as you are and um, being just alone at this moment, alone is not the best word, but There is so much strength inside of you and there is so much time and you're going to be fine. (laughs) Everything is going to work out and you're going to get the life that you wanted. And it's, it's happening now. The life that you want has started now and go, go continue to create and cultivate those relationships that mean the most to you and feel confident that life isn't starting in terms of you know, moving towards marriage right now, but that does not mean that it never will. You are valuable. You are worthy of love and belonging. And I see you. And that is the reason that I do this whole podcast and this, all the, all the things that I do, because I, I wish, um, well, that's the reason I do it because I hope that you're getting this message from a lot of people and that I can just be one of them. You are great. Thanks for being here.
Don't you leave my heart in misery Cause breaking up is hard to do I remember when You set me down Breaking up is hard to do. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm on a mission to help singles navigate the modern dating world. You can learn more about my course, Foundations for Modern Dating, at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Dating Counselor, or email me at Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at thedatingcounselor.com. You'll find a full list of everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes at thedatingcounselor.com slash podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. See you soon.